Hey there, this is Jay Blake Fischera of the Score to Death Radio and Saturday Night Movie Sleepover Podcasts. And I'm also the author of the Score to Death book series. With the Score to Death books, I explored the craft of creating horror film music through detailed interviews with many of the genre's greatest composers. And now I am turning the books into a documentary. Production is already underway, but we really have only just begun. If you're listening to this between September 27th and November 1st of 2022, you can help make the definitive documentary about horror film music a reality. And while you're at it, also pick up some very cool tier rewards. So if you love horror movies and or film music, head over to Kickstarter and support Score to Death, the dark art of scary movie music. And keep up with the film's progress on social media by following at Score to Death or at scoretodeath.com. Welcome back to The Pod and the Pendulum, the horror movie. I forgot what we are. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are we? We're a podcast, Mike. Thank you, The horror movie podcast that (laughs) tackles every... I can't even Every horror franchise, every, one movie and one episode at a time. There you go. I'm this your host, week. Mike Snoonian, and joining me this week. <laughs> wow. This week, we're talking about bass fishing. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Am I in the wrong podcast again? Damn it. <laughs> anyway, we are the show that covers horror movies, usually one movie and one episode at a time, but we're doing something a little different tonight. Uh, when this hits, it's about two weeks until Halloween night. And I know like a lot of folks are like, what should we watch this year? What? There's so many great horror movies out, so many great services out there where you can stream horror. And I know that sometimes I get choice paralysis. So we thought we would kind of give our recommendations on screaming streams tonight. But I'm not alone. So first of all, let me welcome from the site We Who Walk Here. Uh, one of our fantastic panelists, a phenomenal writer, always a pleasure to speak to. Jessica Scott, how are we tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here for this episode. So happy you could jump in. I was really thrilled this afternoon when you could said, said you could take part of this. It's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. But we are not alone. It's not just the two of us here. You heard him in the background giving me a little bit of... I th- I'm leaving that in because that, <laughs> that fucking tickled me. From the Disenfranchised podcast, Mr. Stephen Foxworthy. Stephen, how are we doing? Doing great, Mike. Doing great. Happy to be Excellent. here as always. And this is, I think, the th- third night in a row that I've recorded with you. I know people are going to start talking. They really will. You know, like the Bonnie Raitt will write a song about it. Oh God. You know what, Mike, let's, let's do give them something to talk about. (laughs) Absolutely. Hopefully we do tonight. That is always the goal. Absolutely. Always the goal. But you know what? Again, 
still more to come here from the Movies for Life podcast and a writer whose work you can see on Manor Vallum, uh, Bloody Disgusting, and many more places, Mr. Brian Kuiper. Brian, how's hey. it going? Uh, it's it's okay. Um, I got a little bit of a scratchy throat here. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully everything sounded okay, and I'll get through this as best I can, and hopefully... I'm sure we'll always have a good time. We always do. You are battling illness to be with us tonight. It is incredible. We got a the scariest monster of them all. Yeah. The flu. We got a a four star review in my other show. And the reason we were dinged a peg was like it sounds like I always need a drink of water. (laughs) I've I've developed a little bit of a lisp in my later years. So uh, I'm definitely not self-conscious about that whatsoever. So like that was really, you know, it tickled me. It's like, no, I promise you, I almost always have a giant liter bottle of seltzer with me that I drink when I do the show. It's just, this is the way I sound. Like I sound like a giant Muppet. I don't know (laughs) what you want from me. We have one more uh, special guest with us tonight. She was with us for our episode on 2022's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we love, always love talking to her from two geeks who eat and the final girls feast podcast, Sarah Stubbs, Sarah, how are we? I'm good. I'm I'm excited to not really have to defend movies tonight. <laughs> no, like, tonight is super chill. I get to just talk about things I love versus things that I have to protect, like a mother protects her her young. And I <laughs> I feel like when we do shows where not all of us love the movie, we still try to respect the guest. Oh yeah, I never feel disrespected. I just think it's always funny that I, I I always slide in on the movies that nobody else really wants mm-hmm. to come talk about. Yeah. I'm always like, I got you, fam. <laughs> and, I, and I know, like, there are shows that I love, like, absolutely adore, that I think are, like, phenomenal, phenomenal podcasts. But when they get to movies they don't love, like, I find that I can't make it through the episode because I'm just kind of like, there's critique and then there's, like just being negative for the sake of net not for the sake of being negative like if you don't like it you don't like it um but i just find those episodes hard to get through ignore the final girls feast episode on blood feast then okay we we tried to stay pretty positive but both of us did not like that's a hard one to stay positive on yeah (laughs) that is thanks killing was also another one of those yeah that is (laughs) i know for us it's like how it's it's Book of Shadows uh, was a hard one to get through. Um, that's when you get angry me. And Halloween, Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween was another one. And the ironic thing on that is I need to revisit it at, at a future point for a show because I think I've come around on it. Um, I think the Lost Boys, the Tribe episode was pretty darn negative. Too, yeah, but no I one recall. listened to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... So, uh, I, people saw like Lost Boys, the Tribe. I can skip this. Skip one. that one, yeah. <laughs> what does Halloweenies have up? You know, like, you, can, you know, kill by kill can can yeah. take it over this week. So, yeah. uh, I don't think anyone heard that show. Oh, I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say great. Brian heard it at least. Uh, well, <laughs> I was on that episode. We need so. to. Get... <laughs> All right, so what are we doing tonight, folks? We are, tonight we're going to talk about, each of us picked a different streaming service that is offering like a variety of like Halloween pictures. 
And we're going to make like three, we're going to talk about why we chose that service and then make like three recommendations. And I'll say like, it was very hard to narrow down just yeah. three. Like I could have easily, you know, we're going to do that. We're going to do 30. All right. This will take two minutes. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. You know, three. I have backups. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to start with you, Sarah, as our special guest. What, what platform did you choose? I went with Screenbox because that's probably this season's like newest discovery mm-hmm. for me. I, um, they are run by bloody disgusting now. Like they got picked up. They've been around for a long time, yeah. but it used to be kind of one of those like ad VOD sites, but now it's subscription based. It's four ninety nine a month. So super inexpensive. You know, you can pay eleven ninety nine quarterly or it's I think 35 for a year. They're adding constantly new stuff. And I think it's like a really great up and coming site. So definitely one to keep your eyes out for. Excellent. Excellent. And they, do they have a specific section for Halloween or is it just because it's, it's a horror service? It's, it's all horror. Yeah. So I, okay. I feel like it's kind of, you know, you could yeah. pretty much watch just about anything mm-hmm. and you're good to go. Okay. All right, Jessica, how about yourself? Who did you weigh in with? Uh, I chose Shudder. That is my Mm go-to streaming service. It's the app I go to first when I pull up my Apple TV. Um, It's exclusively horror. It's got a good range of new original films and well-curated classics and little-known gems. So it's got a nice balance. Um, They do have a a Shudder Halloween section because they have different collections. I personally wouldn't make my choices based on that one because i think the that section in particular is a little limited um there's good movies in there but since it's all horror you can just make your halloween choices from the entire site um it's six dollars a month or 57 a year right now it's just available in the u.s canada the uk ireland australia and new zealand i have a lot of twitter friends who are in other parts of the world who are clamoring to have it in their countries but that's where it's available right now I don't think we have many listeners outside of those areas, so I think we're okay. Uh, I love Shudder as well. Um, the one thing I note, like there's, a, we did an episode last year, like the difference between a horror movie and a Halloween movie, mm-hmm. and I think that there is a difference there. Yes, uh, we can, you know, we can definitely, uh, you know, what go back and listen to that episode because that was a really fun discussion. Mm-hmm. Brian, how about yourself? Uh, well, I picked HBO Max um, mostly because I think it's got a really it's got a really wide variety. It's got old movies. It's got really new movies. Uh, It's kind of got everything in between. Um, So I dig that about it. It does have a specific Halloween section because obviously HBO Max is not exclusively horror. um, And it's called House of Halloween Collection. Um, And they kind of have it within each of their hubs as well. Because I looked down at the Turner Classic Movies Hub, and they have this have one that is specifically, you know, Halloween movies, um, sort of curated by TCM Criterion Collection stuff. So that's kind of cool. Cost is not as cheap as either of those. Um, they do have a with ads version now uh, that you can get for nine ninety nine a month or sixty nine ninety nine for the year, or the ad free version is. Uh, Fourteen ninety nine a month, or for the whole year, uh, it's a hundred and four ninety nine, and that is actually they have a special going on now through uh, October thirtieth. That is, mm-hmm. if you buy for the whole year, it's forty percent off. You know, and yeah, 
I know people are a little. I think wary. that one hundred four is the sale price. It is the sale price. Yes. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, okay, I know people are a little bit wary about HBO Max right now because of some of the stuff that's been going on. Um, right now, so far, mostly so good. Um, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, I gotta, I just can't do this anymore. Um, it's so far everything is and there's actually been some announcements that have been encouraging. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, <laughs> so far I'm feeling okay, but we'll see what happens. Cause in all honesty, it's one of the best streamers there is. Uh, it's my favorite streaming okay. service and I really yeah. hope it doesn't get gutted. I love H I get it through my phone plan and I think I'm yeah. going to change my service anyway and just pay for the year mm -hmm. and roll the dice. Cause I think like, between like the DC stuff, the TCM stuff, all the yep. HBO original shows. I mean, to me, and it's, it's like it's really the entire worth it. Warner Brothers catalog. Yeah, yeah. is mm -hmm. available there. It's um, it's excellent. Yeah, um, Stephen, how about yourself? Uh, I went with Disney Plus. Honestly, uh, initially as a joke, but then I I started thinking about it, and I was like, no, they've actually. Got probably some stuff that you're not going to find on a lot of the other services. Mm -hmm. uh, a little more offbeat choices, um, family-friendly options, stuff for younger children, mm -hmm. uh, gateway horror, and where I'm going to focus a lot of my attention tonight, IP-centric horror, uh, Halloween specials and, and horror specials. So that's kind of where I'm going to be focusing a lot of my attention and my recommendations tonight. Um, a couple of different Halloween sections. There's a Halloween collection kind of headline up at the top. Uh, but they've also got a very appropriately named uh, scroll that, or a line that you can scroll through called This is Halloween. Um, lots of ooky spooky fun all throughout. Uh, everything from, you know, classic Disney fare like Ichabod and Mr. Toad to newer stuff like Tim Burton's Frankenweenie, mm -hmm. like the new animated one. So all sorts of stuff. And it's I mean, it's a pretty great value for what you get. It's eight bucks a month right now. Uh, or $14 a month if you want to bundle with Hulu and ESPN Plus and get three yep. streaming services for yeah. Honestly, less than HBO Max. Mm -hmm. So I chose Peacock. Uh, basically, they're an underrated service. All the major streamers are the kind of the one struggling to get subscribers. I don't think people realize if they have like Comcast Xfinity for any of their services for like phone or internet or cable, they get like the premium tier with ads at no cost if they sign up. They get a really deep horror section. It spans decades, and there's like some really terrific titles you don't see anywhere else. Uh, they have the aptly titled Halloween Horror section. It breaks things down by decade, by franchise, by genre. There's a selection of like classic television Halloween-centered episodes from like the sitcoms like The Office and such. There's a section just for Wes Craven uh and john carpenter movies like literally called craven and carpenter and here's like over a dozen titles from them so brian we got your hookup um so. there's a section on uh black horror on queer horror they have both a hitchcock and an elvira section um it's really cheap it's like five bucks a month with ads or ten bucks a month without ads and free if you're already a subscriber to comcast or five bucks without ads if you're a subscriber so those are the services we picked obviously we did not go with netflix we did not go with amazon honestly like netflix is kind of awful <laughs> i mean you know they are... honestly you know what though i i actually am gonna have to disagree on that because they have in the past couple years have really been killing it with their 
their new horror, like original offerings. Fear Street was really fun. Um, there was, there's somebody, I think inside the house, no one gets out alive. Like they've been releasing on the, like it, they haven't been really bringing a lot of attention this year. They have the curse of Raven Hill or something, which is Marlon Wayans. They have a new Jordan Peele, Henry Selleck animated special, which is the director of Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, I I think Netflix is not as bad as, I don't think they're as bad as people want to say they are for horror. And they're the home of all the Flanagan stuff. Mm -hmm. So lots of Mike Flanagan, like, especially like Midnight Mass. Like, you can't argue with Mm -hmm. the quality there. Like, I'm not saying Netflix on the whole is great, but I I right. will absolutely defend some of their horror originals. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But I thought we weren't going to be defending anything tonight. <laughs> you can you can cut oh, that no. out. Just cut that out of the podcast no, and pretend I never in. said it. No, we're keeping that in. We're definitely. <laughs> I mean, those five horror recommendations right. on Netflix for free, basically. <laughs> I so snuck in. <laughs> I expect my check in the mail soon, Netflix. Yeah, I am wrong because, like, (laughs) like to your point, Sarah and Jess, there are some pretty solid offerings. I think you have to dig a little deeper for them. I think like their catalog as a whole Mm -hmm. is weaker when it comes to really everything at this point. But but. I would, I would, I would honestly say the horror stuff is the only reason. Horror and Stranger Things are the only reason I keep Netflix. Like everything else could. I, it's a wash for me. No I, Cobra Kai, no Cobra great Kai. I will yeah. say, I'm going to throw in one more Netflix recommendation. Um, Paranormal, Dead End, Paranormal Park, um, an animated horror series is fantastic. Okay. The second season cute. will probably be streaming by the time this airs. You definitely check that out. So not to be a Netflix shill, but that, sh- no, that series is amazing. Right. It's we like are, an all queer cast. Are. It's great animation. Go watch it. <laughs> you know, and if you want scary pronunciations, you can watch the Great British Bake Off in there. <laughs> I get your tacos. Be, aside from that, Gallo. <laughs> aside from that opening joke, which was a really bad joke, um, the worst did, possible joke that could be made. Yeah, I think we kind of made a little bit too. Like people got really up in arms. Like this is what we're really going to focus our anger on. Like really, really, I don't know. No one has my back on this. All right. <laughs> You're Bye. on your Look, my on people are going to get mad about anything these days. Yeah. It's fine, man. All right. Some of so it justified, how... some of it not. It's fine. I so how this, this is going to work, something. how this is going to work is we're going to just kind of do a round robin here. We're going to have like three rounds and each of us is going to pick a title from a streaming service to uh, why, why we think it's worth your time this Halloween season. So Sarah, why don't you kick things off? Okay, so my first pick, and I'm going quick because I know we're on a time scale. No, it's okay. Crunch. It's all right. I, I chose uh, A Record of Sweet Murder, directed by Koji Shiraishi. And it's I've been doing a super deep dive on uh, director Shiraishi's like, filmography. Like, I have been... I, I, don't, I don't like to support piracy, but his work is just not available like in the mm-hmm. U.S. Like, you basically can only find it with fan subs for a, okay. a majority and this is one of the few films that is available on a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. It's about, basically, it's about a um, a serial killer who's recently escaped a mental institution and managed to amass a kill count in the high teens, all while spewing nonsense about the power of love. 
And so a Huey paper, Lewis fan. <laughs> on, pa- on paper, this is a movie that should not work for me. Mm-hmm. Like it is absolutely, it's got a little bit of cosmic horror, which is, if you know me, that's not my jam at all. I love this movie. This was a, like, I think I gave it five stars. Like okay. I absolutely adored it. It's, it's got some moments that are pretty intense. Like it's, uh, you know, it's got a few bits of, you know, triggering content. There is some sexual assault. Like I, I just like to give that warning because if you're not expecting it, that scene is really kind of intense, but it's, it's handled in an interesting way that you don't see a lot in horror. And this is a, um, like in world camera, like found footage type movie. And I, I really like this director quite a bit. I think I've only come across a few things by him that I didn't jive with at all. And so I, I really recommend this one. If you're into J horror and as, or cosmic horror, I think this is like a really cool addition to like your Halloween watches. What do you think makes it a good watch for the Halloween season in particular? I think I, for me personally, I like exploring, like I do my, my challenge during Halloween season. So all, you know, all horror for me is on the table, but this is, Mm -hmm. you know, this is more of an obscure J horror. So I kind of feel like, you know, if you want to impress people at Halloween with your, your, your horror know-how, plus it's got some like cool cosmic horror things at the end that I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil, but it's, it's got some. If you know director Shiri Ishii's work, you know where it goes. And he's he's kind of kooky and all over the place. And I, I think it really works for the Halloween season. Cool. Very cool. All right. Jessica, what's your first pick? Uh, my first pick is Deadstream from uh, Joseph and Vanessa Winter. Uh, it's a new movie. It just hit Shutter. I caught it at South by Southwest earlier this year. It's set on Halloween 2022, so the timing could not be more perfect. Um, it's a horror comedy. Um, it's it's shot to the top or near the top of my favorite horror comedies list ever because it balances the two perfectly. Like so many horror comedies, they're just funny with like horror trappings, but this one legitimately scared me and made me laugh. Um, it's Evil Dead 2 featuring this really obnoxious YouTube bro, which is, I think is a brilliant combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and it blends a lot of different subgenres without being overly busy or convoluted. Like it's haunted house movies, possession movies, found footage, horror comedy internet horror so many different things and it's just really smart and really funny and really well executed low budget horror which is really my jam and it's just it's it's a blast it's a perfect halloween watch in my book i loved this movie Mm -hmm. i will second that it is hilarious um it's one of the things i think would be a really good double feature with like the wnuf halloween special Mm -hmm. Um, again, a very similar vibe, I think, to that, except updated for the YouTube gen. Yeah. One of the funniest things I've watched in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, the cheapness of some of the props. <laughs> yes. Like, it just fits the vibe really, really well. So perfect, perfect first choice. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Brian, how about yourself? Well, I got to stick with my brand a little bit here and pick something from the pre-1970s era. Um, and there's a lot of stuff on um, on HBO Max that fits that category. But I chose what I think is probably the best of the first 
you know, early uh, Hammer horror films, and that's Horror of Dracula from 1958, uh, starring, of course, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing as Dracula and Van Helsing. It is... Um, it's might be the best sort of classical version of Dracula ever made. Um, I mean, I know that people don't at me for, for not saying the 1931 version. Oh, you're I, totally right. It <laughs> destroys. And I, and I love the 1931 version. I, I just, and I talked about that one at length on yeah. another show. Um, so, but the 58 version, I mean, it's, you just have the color and the, you know, the hammer sort of house look um, is sort of set with Curse of Frankenstein and sort of reaches a new level here. Um, and I think you have uh, Cushing and Lee both being able to, you know, as adversaries is just sort of excellent. Um, and it's a great film. It still holds up. It's a lot of fun. And um, I don't think... I need to explain why I would pick this as a Halloween movie because it's a Dracula movie. I mean, does, does I don't know if there's much else that says uh, Halloween season quite as well as you know classic monster movies. And I yeah, just rewatch this again. I I tend to rewatch it every Halloween season now, and just for the athleticism of Lee and Cushing yeah. and that that climactic like from the when, when Lee enters his crypt and finds Cushing there yeah. in the last 10 minutes of that movie like Cushing jumping over the banister and sprinting up the stairs like to me is just so incredible it, it my hot take is I'm not a huge fan of 1931's Dracula Sure. Um, Which I get. I know a lot of it's right. pretty stagey uh, yes. in a lot of ways. There's this that, is that's, this is not. Yeah. Christopher Lee is just the perfect Dracula. I love love him in this. Excellent, excellent, great choice. Stephen, what's your first choice, my friend? Uh, well, I'm going with something that uh, kind of pays homage to a to movies very similar to horror of Dracula. Uh, I'm doing MCU's Werewolf by Night, uh, the brand new uh, Halloween special from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, bringing in a lot of the the horror characters that kind of was Marvel stock and trade from in the 70s. Um, uh, Werewolf by Night, obviously, but also Man-Thing, Elsa Bloodstone, um, kind of poised to take on larger roles throughout that franchise alongside blade moon Knight, characters like that. I'm a big comic book fan from way back. That's comics are kind of my first love. So this seemed like a really obvious choice for me. Um, it's also the directorial debut uh, outside of a couple of shorts of uh, Michael Giacchino, the guy who brought us the scores from like half of Pixar's catalog yeah. and so many other things. Mm -hmm. um, and the cast is really phenomenal as well. You've got Gael Garcia Bernal, from Old and Coco, Lauren Donnelly from Dread, uh, Laura Donnelly, sorry, uh, Harriet Sansom Harris from Adam's Family Values, and she was Eve Six on that one episode of The X-Files, uh, Kirk R. Thatcher from Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, and my favorite, Gremlins 2. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a fun homage to like the Universal Monsters from the set decoration and the costuming, the music, the whole, th the whole special is in black and white. Like everything is just really goofy and silly and and kind of fun, but also has this kind of 
like tone of like menace uh, kind of undertone over the whole thing, which is really nice. And honestly, I think there's elements of hammer horror in there as well. Kind of uh, you can tell Giacchino loves this stuff, kind of loves these kind of movies and really wants to to do his due diligence in paying homage to that. The design of werewolf by night is very similar to like the universal Wolfman in terms of how it's made up. Like it's not done like what you would think of when you think of a, a modern werewolf, it's done very much in that kind of old forties style, which I think is really fun and really cool. And it, it's just a, a really fun old school monster movie. You get a bunch of monster hunters who have to fight a monster and they get to inherit, you know, this powerful relic. And uh, there's a, a not terribly subtle, given the title, whodunit twist in there. Uh, you kind of know maybe there's someone here is not who they appear to be. And 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 it's pretty obvious to figure out who that is and, and, and what kind of monster he is. But no, I had a lot of fun with it. It's, it's goofy. It's silly. It's fun. It's on Disney Plus right now. Check it out. Is it setting up more installments or like a bigger role for this character in future things? Or does it feel like a one-off? It, it feels so it, very similar to like Moon Knight. It feels like it could be its own contained thing. And then if people like it, they'll bring these people back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they've got now Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight and Blade coming in, it feels like they're going to do a Midnight Suns thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's accurate or not, but I would I would be totally down for that. My, my co-host on Disenfranchised, Brett Wright, is a huge Midnight Suns guy. So I know he's been clamoring for that pretty I much since they announced too. Blade was going to be in the MCU. So. Yeah, my cool. husband's huge on for Midnight Suns. He's like mm-hmm. ready. Yeah, excellent. So my first pick uh, is a movie from James Wan. And it is probably the one that people have forgotten about when you think of like everything that he's done. It was Dead Silence, his creepy puppet movie, creepy which puppet. is so much fun. Um, so yeah. this is a movie that like bombed upon release. Uh, Lee Wanal has written extensively about his experience of having his movie kind of messed with and not really being like the final product, not being what him and Juan intended. Um, but it is on its own, just really gorgeous, funny, creepy, perfect, perfect tone for the Halloween season. And I think a lot of like he would go on to do Insidious after this. And I think what you see, like what we love about or what I love about Insidious and The Conjuring and Malignant, like all of those things are on display here. It feels very much like a test run. Um, It's not afraid to be completely absurd. And that's one of the things I really love about it. Like the reveal that you have at the end of the movie, like the big villain reveal at the end. It's really gross, but it's also like really silly at the same it's so time. Fun. It's and it's just like absolutely cracks me up. It's the whole thing just deals with like it's a scary movie about ventriloquists. Which to, in you have like other staples of like Juan's repertoire, like the really very angry and mean old woman, like that's in there. Um, I don't think anyone uses like pitch black quite as well as. James Wan does in horror and you have a lot of that in here you have like the first use of him like using like the old woman coming out of the darkness uh, as a way to scare folks it's a beautiful score as well like there are some really fantastic like gothic locations and set pieces between this huge mansion this abandoned 
abandoned, decrepit theater that houses hundreds of ventriloquist dummies, which Mm -hmm. is actually pretty creepy. It has a phenomenal dark ending. Um, It has Donnie Wahlberg in it, and he cannot act. No, (laughs) God bless him, but no. God bless you, but like you are in a completely different movie. Bring in the fun. Like every time he speaks, I just crack up. Um, It's not a Halloween movie per se, but it does have that fall seasonal feel to it. So check out Dead Silence. Um, Strong recommend for me. I really enjoyed it. Rewatching it this time around. Past episode of the Disenfranchised podcast with our yeah. friend Kat Scully. So oh, we'll check, check it out after you check that out, that too. One. Excellent. Oh, yeah. I should also mention real quick that uh, Malignant and The Conjuring movies are on HBO Max. So if you yes. <laughs> just, just yep. tied to that. So. Yep. Insidious Chapter 2 currently on Netflix as well. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think what if Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos is a listener and he's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Get good, I Jeff Bezos. Get to, good. Right? Okay, what you know what? No, no, no. No, no, no. The welcome the the welcome to the Blumhouse movies have all been really fun. I I, I will say Prime has some good horror. I'm just not going to go yeah. at length on it, but they do have some stuff. All right. Round 2. Sarah, kick things off for us. Cool. Okay, so I changed mine because I, I felt like I got cornered about not being Halloween enough. <laughs> no, so... there's no such thing. No, 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 <laughs> so, no. So I, 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 I picked another ask... favorite. Oh, I feel bad I... now. No, I was no, just asking. No, it's cool. It's cool. I apparently oh. misunderstood the assignment. I just picked favorites. No. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> but um, I, I'm going to go with uh, Jack Hill's 1967 film Spider Baby, mm-hmm. yes. which... Which this movie is bonkers. I mm-hmm. love this mm-hmm. movie. It's about um, a caretaker portrayed by Lon Chaney Jr., who's you know devoted himself to these three like messed up, demented siblings, and they're they're cannibals basically. And it's it's just like this goofy, silly movie that like you don't expect it to be like silly based on like what it's described as but then the like the the opening of the film is this like 1960s like jingle and sung by lon cheney jr and it's <laughs> it's it's, it's fantastic. insane like, <laughs> and this was this was a first time watch for me this year so i was like oh my gosh it's been on my list forever i've owned the blu-ray forever and i finally was like i'm watching it and sid haig is in it and it's it's just this like masterpiece of 60s horror mm-hmm. and it's got that it t- all takes place in this like creepy house that's like you know falling apart and has like secret you know like secret like wall chambers and all of this like they're they have a basement that's full of stuff and it's it's just a really fun halloween movie like i think this yeah. one definitely fits that like halloween vibe mm-hmm. excellent so sure. i've I've never seen Spider Baby. Um, is it a prequel to Spider Man? <laughs> I mean, one would, one would ha- I one wish would I could make nice, it. I nice wish I could movie. like. I wish I could like justifiably argue that yes, it could. But I don't know that I. I don't know that I am that good. I have jokes, <laughs> and sometimes Just, they work. Just, sometimes, <laughs> Jessica. Jessica, what's your second pick? 
Uh, my second pick is Damian Runia's Terrified. Um, it's an Argentinian film about a neighborhood plagued by evil spirits. Um, it's not necessarily a Halloween movie, but it's so terrifying that I think it fits the bill. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's one of the scariest movies released this century because like, I, I am a big scaredy cat sometimes, especially with really good jump scares. So I had to keep pausing this one. I, I had a lot of trouble finishing it and I had trouble sleeping afterwards. So it really mm-hmm. succeeds in terms of if you want a really scary Halloween watch. Um, but it's, it's not just jump scares, though I will defend jump scares with my life. Um, it's like it's got jump scares. It's got this creeping sense of dread. It's got some amazing horror imagery. I bet even if you haven't seen the movie, you have seen stills from it, especially the uh, decaying corpse of a little boy mm. seated at a kitchen table that makes the rounds on Twitter quite often. Um, it's an amazing scene. Um, and I just I wanted to include at least one international film in my list. And I wanted to try to give people nightmares because I think that's a good goal for Halloween. So that's why I wanted to include it on the list. This movie's excellent. That mm-hmm. is a and again, like, it does not have to be a Halloween set movie, but like a good spooky seasonal movie. I love Terrified. Yeah. I think it's fucking great. It's so, so good. Great choice. Brian, what is your next pick? Okay, so this actually fits in really well because it is both an international film and bonkers. Um, so HBO Max, it has selections from the Criterion Collection, which is pretty cool. And um, so there are lots of great possibilities there. Uh, there's some Cronenberg. There's some Val Luton movies and stuff like that. But uh, there are several Japanese <gasps> horror films. There's um, Ugetsu, Kwaidan, Onibaba. But I have chosen, and you, I can tell, you already know what I'm going to say. From 1977, um, Hausu, which is one of the weirdest <laughs> movies you will ever see. I, I just, I, I, I was really torn on what I was going to pick. I almost picked Quaidon, but I went with this just because it is so freaking weird. Um and fucking you have, rips. I love it. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and okay, so there's a one sentence sem- summary on HBO Max that says a group of girls spend summer vacation in a haunted house. <laughs> and that is like um technically correct. <laughs> yep. Um but okay, this this movie I I, how do you even begin to describe it? I don't really know. I mean, it's got animation, it's got musical elements, it's got stop motion, it's dreamy, it's energetic. I mean, there's a disembodied head early on that she pulls out of a well that like flies in the air and bites her on the ass. I mean, it is, I mean, and then it just throws up some sort of watermelon juice or something. It's amazing. I, I it's mean, so incredible. What is it? I don't know. Um, there's a cat. Um, if you're into cats, there's a cat in this. Um, and it's just like, it is the, it is just bonkers ghost movie. And yeah, I mean, if you, if you've never seen it, you kind of got to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I have never seen it. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? Is, you're in for I, such a treat. Such I, a treat. Oh, man. Scrolled past it so many times. Like, is today yeah. the day that I watch Hasu? It and you know what? Every year I do like a Halloween double feature. I pick like two movies that I'm like, get me in that night mood. And uh, Hatsu is now going to be one of the two movies yeah. 
this year. So Halloween night will be my introduction to this. I'm excited now. Like you've convinced me. I'm so excited. I don't generally condone watching movies for the first time while high, but this one might be a good candidate. But however, I've never been high. I got to say, I feel like after I've watched this, like I have been. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those kinds of movies. Yeah. Excellent. I've never been high. I just play one on TV. Right. Exactly. That's kind of how it goes. Brian threw that in like, I've never been in a case anyone from the school district. (laughs) 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 Legally, I need to clarify that I have never been high. Well, it's legal in this state, so it wouldn't matter if I was on my own time. But touche, this hasn't been my thing. But um, same here. But it's uh, it's uh, it's a wild, wild ride of a movie. So all right, I'm looking forward to this. Then I was just watching it before I came on to record. It was like, yeah, this is the one I need to pick. A hundred percent. Yeah. Nothing Bravo, can Brian. prepare you. Like us no. telling you that it's bonkers doesn't even yeah. prepare you for this. I show. mean, when people say things like malignant or bonkers, I'm like, really? <laughs> Have you seen how? Really? Have you seen <laughs> I had no um, context. I went in completely blind, and I just was. I, it bowled me over. It's such a good movie. Yeah, so good. I feel like there's like American bonkers, and then there's like. Japanese film bonkers mm-hmm. and yep. Japanese films when they go bonkers like pat American films on the head and they're like, <laughs> right, hold my beer, yeah. yeah, aren't yeah. you yeah. so cute? When I, You're when, trying, I say, you know? when I say a movie is bonkers, it should be understood that I have watched Mike, Shiraishi, and right. Shion Sono. Like I know oh, bonkers. Yep. <laughs> like, I love Shion Sono. I really mm-hmm. need to like just mainline more of his more of his movies. Um, Steven, might you have a haunted house pick as well here? Might I also have a haunted house pick. Let's Boy, howdy, do I have an IP centric haunted house pick for you. <laughs> One of my favorite IPs, actually maybe my favorite film franchise of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most recent entry in that franchise, uh, it's Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, what a, what an absolute fucking delight Muppets Haunted Mansion is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is completely blatant corporate synergy. You take Disney's most criminally underused, underrated IP, the redheaded stepchildren of Disney's IP acquisition, the Muppets, and you mix them together with one their only spooky theme park attraction, pretty much, uh, these days anyway, the Haunted Mansion. Um, and it, it still manages to be a better use of the Muppets than anything Disney has done with them since they acquired them in the 2000s. A Muppet Christmas Carol? Um, that was before they acquired the full rights. They were still with the Henson company at that okay. point. Okay. So I'm talking like Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted and Muppets Now. Like that's, that's, that's Disney acquisition era mm-hmm. right there. And it's, it's honestly, it feels it's the first Muppet movie since Muppet Christmas Carol to feel like a Muppet movie. And that's saying a lot considering that that's one of the last movies where so many of the original Muppet performers actually performed those roles Mm -hmm. Uh, because after that Frank Oz kind of dips out comes back does the voices a little bit Uh, Jerry Nelson's starting to get a little old and so he's his involvement kind of starts to back off a little bit Richard Hunt is is minimally involved at the beginning before he passes away so you've got kind of the the old school guys still doing it at that point and this feels very much has that spirit and that energy 
a ton of special guest stars. Will Arnett, Taraji P. Henson, no relation, Darren Chris, Yvette Nicole Brown, Alfonso Ribeiro, Ed Asner, Danny Trejo, Craig Robinson, Chrissy Metz, Pat Sajak, John Stamos. So many more I've never heard of before that the kids would probably know because uh, I'm not hip with the kid things. Um, <laughs> honestly, the only thing I don't like about it is that because they fired Steve Whitmire, we don't get Rizzo the Rat as Gonzo's sidekick, which is the role he's pretty much had since Muppet Christmas Carol uh, because that was Whitmire's character. And instead, they replace him with the worst Muppet in history, I I, I think, which is Pepe the King Prawn. Uh, Bill Beretta's Pepe the King Prawn. I don't I don't like Pepe. He just he's a I lech and he's, he's he's a racial stereotype. And I just I'm kind of out on Pepe. But like I otherwise, I think this is a really fun movie. I really I really enjoyed it. It's it's a fun special. And if you if you miss old school Muppets and you want something kind of a little creepy, just a little creepy, it's like baby's first haunted house movie. But it's it's so fun. If you love the Muppets like I do, this is a no brainer. Absolutely. Check out Muppet haunted mansion i i know there is a reason why i like i i like you so much steven <laughs> like as a lifelong muppet enthusiast uh yeah i found this one a lot of fun oh, as yeah. well although i i really like muppets now in particular i think that one tries to capture the spirit of the zanier muppets it, um, it, it's the it's the next closest for yeah. sure it doesn't quite hit its mark but <laughs> there's a swedish chef segment in just about every episode yeah. and that's enough for me honestly. oh no what i'm thinking of muppets most wanted i'm sorry oh okay yeah muppets most i wanted didn't care is, for that one yeah yeah i didn't i yeah. I, I enjoyed it um, I, under, I understand why people like it it's just not my thing that's fine that's fine um my next pick i also have a dracula movie here and i am going with uh john badham's 1979 oh, yeah. Dracula. It was mm-hmm. a big year for vampire movies. Was, you had yeah. Dracula, Dead and Loving It, uh, Werner Herzog's uh, remake of Nosferatu. I believe it's also the year Toby Hooper's Salem's yep. Lot came out for CBS. Like, And if you've heard me talk about that movie before, it's the first thing that ever scared me as a child. Like, It actually left me hiding under the bed. But this is a new watch for me. Like, This is one of the ones where I knew about this movie for a year and had only seen stills of it. And it looked a bit goofy, just the stills I had seen. It's fucking awesome. Um, you have like Franklin Jella as the titular Dracula. You have Lawrence Olivier as Van Helsing. And you have Donald Pleasance fresh off of Halloween <laughs> in, as Dr. Jack Seward. And Pleasance in his, he's in his like total him. like, Gives no fucks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Like so there's good. a scene where like he rushes to the bedside of like a sick Mina Harker, sees that she's dying, slaps her, pronounces her dead. And then the next scene is him like chowing down this massive like English breakfast. He has to make a phone call to tell Van Helsing his daughter is dead. <laughs> and he's so like, good. I didn't say no, like uh, not um not lied, died, like yelling into the phone. <laughs> and then he just starts eating this thing of like blood sausage and yep. runny eggs. And he's just like so good. woofing them down. Like it's such a fucking treat to watch Pleasance in this role. Um, it has the scores by John Williams, which I didn't realize. So yeah. you, like, I don't know how horror fans have never talked about a, john williams like horror score like this and granted it's not one of his most iconic but still pretty good, good. um 
it's John Badham like coming. It's his follow up to Saturday Night Fever, <laughs> which is incredible to me. Bonkers would, in its own way, really. He would yeah. go on to do War Games and Short Circuit and a million <laughs> things for television. Um, it and he is, does give us Disco Dracula too. Oh so. yeah, it is the horniest Dracula this side of Francis Ford Coppola's like Dracula be fucking (laughs) and he totally like there's a scene in it where he just like Jonathan Harker comes to like deliver some the deed to Carfax Abbey and they're still buddy buddy because it takes a lot of liberties with the source material and Dracula's like oh yeah like deliver this letter to your fiance's dad and let them know like she should come here tonight because you're going to be gone he basically says like I'm totally going to fuck your woman tonight and Harker just has to sit there and take it and what do you know like Dracula does he's like totally makes it with with Lucy it's incredible Mm -hmm. the set design is incredible like the last it starts with like the last voyage of the Detmer and it's in so well shot it's beautiful like it just it's this epic scope the set pieces are gorgeous like carfax abbey looks so haunted and decrepit um if this is gonna be like a seasonal watch for me like this it's not gonna replace horror of dracula which i still think is the best dracula movie but oh my god like this is so well worth your time like just can't say enough good things about this one so <sighs> another past movie. episode of disenfranchised actually yeah. excellent look at that look at the synergy yeah, here such <laughs> synergy here yes. man i wrote an article on it uh i did a you series did. i did a series on um the gothic vampires of mm-hmm. 1979 and so i did herzog's nosferatu uh badham's dracula and salem's lot i know i didn't include love at first bite and Stephen mm-hmm. sort of which i continue to give you shit for <laughs> you constantly do. you do um but <laughs> You know, I, I just couldn't figure out how to work. Did I say Dracula it. dead and loving it? You absolutely <laughs> did. I was going to correct you, but you were on a roll and I couldn't Sorry. do it without like interrupting you. And I, I wasn't going to do that. that. So. All right. Yeah. Far be it from me to misspeak on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sarah, what is your last round? Okay. Well, this one is not really Halloween themed, except for the fact that it has to do with food. And Halloween is one of my favorite eating holidays because... I am a basic bitch pumpkin spice lover. I won't drink the lattes, but I like everything else. Okay. So this is um, Oscar Rojo's 2013 film Omnivores. And it is about a gastronomic journalist who basically accepts the request of a publisher to go write an article on uh, the recent emergence of the clandestine restaurants, which are like these kind of what we know is like a pop-up restaurant. And so he, he gets himself invited to the guest list and it turns out that they're cannibals who knew. And it's, it was recommended to me by a friend because she knew I liked cannibalism movies and she's not even really such a big cannibalism fan. But she's like, you have to watch this one. And I feel like if you've been in the food journalism world on any level, this movie hits so hard. Like, you you know these people. You're like, uh-huh, I know that person. And they they absolutely would be eaten. I can see this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I'd probably eat them, too. So yeah. do you line up your friends and acquaintances between, like, would-be delicious and... 
No, I don't try to do that. Okay. That that's not appropriate. <laughs> so if I were now, to ask now like, I what do sort know... of seasoning or glaze you would use on each of us, you couldn't Yeah, I mean, can you I... can I have you rank us in order of tastiness right now? <laughs> I, I have yet to eat long pig. I, mm-hmm. I'm an adventurous foodie, but it hasn't really been offered. You know, I, I wish I was friends with that guy in Colorado who like offered mm-hmm. his friends leg tacos. Like he, he basically, he had his, he got in an accident and had to have his leg amputated. True story. And so he, I don't know how he convinced the doctor, but he got the doctor to let him keep his leg. And he, he invited friends over and offered them leg tacos. Did mm-hmm. not, did not surprise cannibalism them. Right. Like he was not like, surprise, you're all cannibals now. <laughs> but he was like, I'm making tacos. Here's the meat. Do you want to try it? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying it's well it's a well-known fact that I would absolutely try it if I knew it was safe and ethically sourced and clean. I just watched Green Inferno for the first time last night and I'm sorry. So now I'm just kind of like I don't I, I'm just now I'm just in a very weird headspace after hearing that story. So that's you should, wild. You should watch Fresh. That's a far better It's on my list for this month. It is it's on my list for this month. Far, far better cannibalism movie than Green Inferno will ever want to be. My girlfriend's really big on cannibalism movies, so Oh, I could hit me up. I got you. I got a list. <laughs> Didn't I've got I've got a list for days on Didn't... this one. Did not expect us to go to like I would totally eat people. <laughs> I do it. I'm... I mean, Mike. The but other day you asked her for recommend for food recommendations for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So right, but I people? thought that would be like you know fudge cake for you know like lava cake for Joe people? versus the volcano. It's know? a franchise about eating people, Mike. What do you expect? Chili with people. <laughs> Texas style chili with people. Oh. No beans. Oh, well, like Drayton says in part two, the secret is the meat. Can't skimp on the meats. These I love right. this town. This town loves prime meat. Jessica, what's your last pick? Mine mine is downright quaint Big compared size. to the, <laughs> the previous conversation. But I, I felt bad because I had two picks from the 21st century and I'm very much a classic horror girl. So my last pick is William Castle's House on Haunted Hill from 1959. Um, this is one of my all time favorite movies. I have seen this more than any other horror movie in the world because I love it so much. Um, and it's in the public domain, so it might be silly to recommend it as a shutter film. But I, I couldn't give you a list of Halloween movies without mentioning this one. Um, it has possibly my all-time favorite horror trope with an eccentric millionaire paying random guests to spend the night in a haunted house it's such a great setup and then you've got vincent price being very campy very sexy but very dangerous as he um has kind of a war of the roses thing going on with his wife who was also in spider baby so there's a nice tie into spider baby um carol omart um and it it's I think a lot of people write it off because it's, you know, silly. We've got the skeleton gag, which I would kill to be in the theater when the skeleton comes flying through. Mm -hmm. But the scares still work. That jump scare in the cellar is fantastic. It's still such a creepy movie. I think it holds up really well. And I think there are a lot of people out there who only know it from like gifts from like the skeleton and the acid pit, but it's such a fun movie that is more rewatchable than anything I've ever seen. And I think it's perfect for Halloween. This is a great pick. Yeah. I really adore this movie. I love the remake as well. I think the 
remake is a lot of fun and captures the spirit, but you can't go wrong with a Vincent Price yeah. in full no. camp mode. Exactly. You cannot go wrong. Absolutely great pick. All right, Brian, what's your last pick? Well, um, I have chosen The House on Haunted Hill from 1999. What? <laughs> oh, my God. And it's not even in your notes. Like, did not no, know that was coming. I, I did not know that was coming. I didn't know Jessica picked that, and I did not. Uh... <laughs> so, anyway, I watched this for the first time yesterday, and damn is it good it's so much yep. fun it's um you know it's platinum dunes sort of gets acknowledged as the remake king but uh, come on dark castle was doing some pretty cool stuff i mean they were doing um they weren't doing slashers they were doing other things and i and i and i like that um and Boy, great cast here. You know, Oscar winner Jeffrey Rush <laughs> heading up your cast is not bad. Um, you know, and uh, it's it's just, I mean, it's, it's not what I expected. It sort of takes the bones of, of the original and does its own thing, uh, which is, I think, the way remakes should do. You know, I don't think you should try and... Um, do the original exactly the same way. I think that is not very interesting. Um, so this I think is, it's not just, it's not a haunted castle. It's a former, uh, mental institution that a bunch of people died in, uh, in a fire. And, um, you still have that sort of war of the roses thing going on between the husband and the wife. And, um, he's a thrill ride attraction guy. And, uh, so you don't know what's real and what's not. It kind of keeps you guessing all the way through. Uh, it's really gory, um, but really fun. And one of the things I was saying while I was watching this was I kind of miss really, really fun horror movies. You know, because mm -hmm. so much of what we get now is seems so so deeply serious all the time. And you're, so, you're not you're not tired of like the monster is called trauma in every other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had a discussion with someone recently about this that like that was why I there's been a lot of stuff coming out lately that's been a little bit more fun, and yeah. I was like, it's really like what I've been like. It's been the cure for all of this like heavy horror yeah. that's been coming out. Yeah. And speaking of which, I got to do a little bit of a cheat and get in a plug for something that was announced today. Barbarian is going to be released on HBO Max October 25th. Oh, Spe amazing. Okay. I can't wait. Speaking of fun, speaking of, of you know, keeping you guessing, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not going to say anything more about it. Go in as cold as you possibly can 100 percent. best way it, it's this fantastic. is my favorite movie of the year yes yeah, i laughed for me 100%. laughed so much in the best possible way because if you if you're not someone who's seen a lot of horror movies it's a lot of fun if you're someone that has watched that i think between the five of us we could probably put the number somewhere over like 10,000 horror movies, right? Mm -hmm. In our lifetime. Likely. And even if you've seen like 10,000 horror movies, it takes such weird twists and goes in places you just don't expect that I found myself laughing hysterically in appreciation. Yeah. I fucking love 
That all right? So Hazu and Barbarian are going to be my <laughs> Halloween night double feature. Nice. Um, wow. Honestly, yeah, what? Is, oh. Wow. God, man, that I, sounds so good. I, I, I'm so jealous. I wish that I had had the same experience with Barbarian. I had it basically spoiled for me on Facebook. No, Someone posted. No. They were like, "It's like this movie, but this movie did it better." And so when I watched it. All I could think about was that other movie, uh-huh. and I was like, I was oh, like, that's so frustrating. Mm, that mm, no, people like that are bad. Yeah, yeah. People like that are they, awful. They unfriended me because I vague book called them out too. I was like, yo, don't post spoilers, people. Like, yeah. don't be that dick. Yeah, like, yep. seriously. <laughs> no, you you were right, and you should say it. Mm-hmm. Like I did. I was like, I didn't name them because I'm not that mean. But I was like, yo, like, it's not really cool to post spoilers, like, the week a movie comes out. Like, yeah. Like, it's not even cool, like, a month later, but. No. Well, and I guess mad props to everyone I follow on Twitter, because everyone was just like, go see it, go in blind. And I did, and I had the best time. Exactly. This is why I like Twitter much better than Yeah, I took my, I took Ada to this, like, opening night, and we had. Just we just wanted to get out on a Thursday night, you know, but and and we had so much fun. So I'm glad I got to see it before um it got spoiled for people. It's yeah. going blind, folks. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I love I fucking love Barbarian so, so much. Good. So good. Uh, all right. Um Is it my turn? Like it is your turn. Steven. It's my turn. Well, it's no barbarian, and it's. <laughs> oh, it's, um... I'm sorry. Really quick, I just. You're, oh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll kick it right back in a normal. Um, you know, like we're talking about like fun movies versus traumatic movies. Like, obviously, look, I'm pro trauma. Like, it keeps my lights on. Like, if people <laughs> stopped experiencing trauma, I'd be out of job. So. Sure. That's a horrible way to put it. Um, it is. Maybe the worst possible way to put it. And I'm pretty sure my supervisor listens to the show. So <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but keep the trauma. We can fix it in post, I'm sure. There right? is, yeah. There is like definitely a, we need more fun horror movies again. We need to have more barbarians, more malignants, more films like that. Mm-hmm. All right, Steven. What is your last pick? Speaking of fun horror, um, I, I, my last one's a cheat. It, it is, and I don't care because I love it so much. The last round of my Disney Plus IP extravaganza is The Simpsons Horror Collection. Um, look, no one has been doing like goofy, gory, silly, fun horror for the last like four decades than The Simpsons. Like consistently from seasons two to now season 34 they've been just consistently putting out really fun horror ep- and and honestly even even though there are those who disparage the quality of later seasons i think a lot of those episodes can still be pretty good mm-hmm. but the treehouse of horror episodes have continued to remain a bright spot those episodes are some of the most iconic ones in the history of the show um from the the 3D Homer episode to the Omega Man <laughs> to I, I the mean shinning. the shinning. Yeah, come Do you on, want to get sued? Is... Want to get sued? <laughs> it's I mean they just have have been consistently and and parodying in in a way that is at times incisive and at times blunt, but but still managing to to keep their pulse fairly close to what's going on in in pop culture and it. 
I don't, I've actually been marathoning them backwards. So I started at season 32 and just have got, and then backed up to 33 when they released that the other day, but have just kind of been working my way back. And which is why I'm like those later episodes, those later Treehouse episodes are Solid. really pretty fun still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, the black mirror episode in particular, like we were like pausing the episode to see like, okay, there's a reference. There's a re- like, just, just spot the Easter egg for that section. It was, it, yep. it, it's still a lot of fun. And, and if you're well-versed in horror, you're going to love it. And it's, it's, again, it's another great gateway horror for, for kids who want to see cartoons, but then also love watching, you know, their favorite characters get beheaded. <laughs> they don't do a hereditary one where like Lisa's head comes off in the, not yet. Okay. Who's to say that won't come like in the next couple of years? Free idea, Fox. Free idea. Um, I yeah, I love the Treehouse episodes. I think the very first comfort horror episode that we did for psychoanalysis was like we picked five along with our guests like Justin Gerber of Halloweenies. We each picked like five Treehouse of Horror episodes to talk about. So yeah, that was a really yeah, fun was episode. Fun mm-hmm. Love it. All right, my last pick, you know, we just wrapped up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, but Toby Hooper, I Can't Quit You. So we have his, like, I think it's 1981's sla- early slasher film, The Fun House. Um, new pick for me, I think I watched it for the first time last year. It's one of those movies for years. I'm like, I want to watch this, and it wasn't readily available for streaming. I am like one of my favorite subgenres are horror movies that are set at either amusement parks or like haunted attractions. Like give me Hell House LLC, give me the houses at October built, give me Hellfest, and give me the fun house. Like it is a totally bizarre movie. Like it sets its tone really early where you have like our final girl's younger brother who's probably 11 years old, like creeps on her while she's taking a shower while he's wearing a monster mask like it lets you know the kind of movie you're in for like with this total perv it just revels in being odd it spends a lot of time just wandering around this carnival like going to all like the freak shows and the carnival barker tents like before like if you just did that it would be brilliant but then you have this giant mutated monster in a Frankenstein mask getting a hand job from a Romani fortune teller. And, you know, that is the kind of stuff that I felt like it was like pages from my own life being played out. Screen. You know what? Respect. Respect, Toby. You know? Respect. It is. It's fucking awesome. Like, and you have like the Frankenstein mask and the way this thing walks around is awesome. And when he's unmasked, it's this like super like weird looking monster with fangs. And it's like, you can tell it's a cheap rubber Halloween mask. And it's just fun. You know, I mean, it's just Hooper being like, yeah, fuck it. I've got that Texas chainsaw money, you know, and <laughs> poltergeist is around the corner. Um, so I'm just going to do that. Like, it's a really fun monster reveal. The kills are excellent. It's bizarre. Like at one point they're all locked in the fun house and the girl's like younger brother knows they are, but he doesn't tell their parents when they come and get, I think someone pulls a shotgun on the kid at one point when he's hitchhiking. If I remember, it's just like, you have to see it. It's when slasher movies didn't necessarily have like a formula, you know, 
we do this. We introduce the victims. Here is your final girl. She's pure and virginal. Here's, it's just like, we're just going to fucking do whatever we want. It is like just a sense of chaos to it. So, and I think it sets a great mood for the season. So definitely check out Toby Hooper's The Fun House. Um, Mike. I think Scorsese directed it. This wasn't a Spielberg <laughs> I think that Martin Scorsese. Mike, um, future episode of the Disenfranchised Podcast. Oh, you've got to have me on. <laughs> We we have one. a guest lined up, but I'll see if she's willing to share guest duties with you. Yeah, you got. I you know yeah. You, I God, that movie is it's so much. It's it's silly, and if you like silly horror, then yeah, you know you can't you can't go wrong. All right, I think that is you know we each gave like three picks. We threw some extra ones in there. So listeners, I think that you have like your work cut out for you. You got a dozen great movies. <laughs> to go out and start streaming this Halloween. Cause it's tough. Like, I don't know about you, but there are nights where like, I'll spend an hour going through like every service and I just can't decide on anything. And then I go to bed. Um, <laughs> yep. The yeah. only other thing I'll recommend it's on YouTube. My daughter introduced me to it. It's called don't hug me. I'm scared. And it is a puppet show that it plays out like a children's television's puppet show with a bird, a man, and a monster. And it takes these wild, nihilistic, cosmic horror swings. Like the one we just watched, the bird reads in the paper that he's dead, so they have a funeral for him, and he's in the ground rotting, and he's like, look, I have new friends, and they show these maggots crawling all over him, and yeah. <laughs> it's really <laughs> fucked up. I've actually, I just Super. I just looked it up, and I'm like, oh, I know this. I've seen like, this. <laughs> Brian, what is the grade level of schools you work in? Uh, it's kindergarten through sixth grade. So I have a challenge for you. <laughs> Don't, Brian, just say no, man. <laughs> he just said he wants to traumatize the world to keep the money coming you in. Don't could, listen. <laughs> yeah. right. You could totally <laughs> slip one of these on and walk out of the room. Like we sometimes play like Netflix cartoons for kids at lunch, like the kindergarten kids. I could totally like sneak over, slip one of these on and walk away. And it would take a good while for people to know how traumatizing this would be. So... Do it, Brian. Uh, um, <laughs> do it, Brian. So I, I need my job, man. <laughs> good, good call, Dude, Brian. We'll start an OnlyFans for you. <laughs> All right. Oh, Listeners, Lord. that is our show. Go to podandthependulum.com for all of our back episodes. Follow us over at pod and penned over on Twitter. Um we have over a, almost 160 episodes up. We'll be back in a week with Halloween Kills. And then on Halloween proper, we'll be doing our uh, review and analysis of Halloween Ends. Um, please, if you haven't already, we're sitting on 98 reviews. Please go over to uh, Apple and leave us a five-star review along with a few kind words. Rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us find new listeners. Um you know, it's for whatever reason, that's how the algorithm works. Uh, spread the word. Like, we've had a ton of new listeners with our Texas Chainsaw series. 
I hope you've liked this show. Like, these are a lot of fun to do. I actually would like to start doing more shows like this every month. I just need to, like, sucker people into doing them with me. But we hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll be back in a week with Halloween Kills. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs>